This evening, I thank you for your respect and for your maturity of what we're about to talk about. Um, first of all, I love each and every one of you. Our staff, our leaders love each and every one of you. We have not come tonight to condemn anyone in this room. If you have made mistakes, I want you to feel safe in this place because Jesus loves you. Did you hear me tonight? Jesus loves you. I'll never forget, um, it was actually just about three years ago, I think I'm, I'm correct in the timing, um, about three years ago, we were at a, a conference, some of y'all may have been there, it was the Movement Conference, and it was this huge event, and it was incredible, we had a ton of our students there because our ministry was actually hosting the conference, and I'll never forget because um, the speaker had a phenomenal message, and it was just a very in-your-face, powerful, impactful word from heaven. And, and the next thing I know is tons of our students responded. And, and so I'm up at the altar, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm laying hands on students. I'm, breakthrough is happening at the altar. And then I remember this young lady who came with us to this conference. And I remembered in my heart where she was in the auditorium, and I thought to myself, God, I'm sitting here praying for people. Why are you putting this young lady on my mind? And the next thing I know, I'm praying for somebody, and I say, in Jesus' name, amen. We give the hug, and, and this person's excited about what God has done in their life. And the next thing I know, God gives me a word of knowledge for the student who did not respond. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you talking about, God? <laughs> and the Lord said very specifically and clearly to me, take the altar to her. She hasn't responded tonight, but I want you to take the altar to her and say, okay, God, I'll obey. So the next thing I know, I'm walking to almost the back. It was, it was similar setup, so it was like right in that section, real close to the media center, and I see her sitting just watching and observing what God is doing in this room. And I sit down next to her, and I start praying because I'm thinking, oh, Lord, this is weird, Right? And come on, y'all, y'all are still here with me, right? And the next thing I know, Jesus tells me to tell her something. I'm thinking to myself, if you're wrong, <laughs> we're going to have problems. So the next thing I do, I put my arm around this precious young lady. She was graduating senior. She was senior class president. Success was wrapped all around her. She was succeeding in what seemed like every area of her life. She looked good. She had friends. She was popular. She had the grades. She had the scholarship. She already had a full ride. And I put my arm around her and I said, young lady, I, I called her by name, but I'm not going to say her name. I said, the Lord has brought me here to tell you that you better stop selling drugs out of your car right now or it's going to destroy your life. And the next thing I knew is I saw on her face just this, she got ghost white. And I thought to myself, Lord, why did you make me do that? And then the next thing she said is she looked at me and she said, you really do hear from God. And that moment, what, what happened in that moment is, is a revolution took place in her life. 
for, from that moment on, because we had the boldness to speak directly to the need, because we had the boldness to, to speak not out of hatred, not out of anger, not out of judgment, but out of the love of God, I wrapped my arms around her and I said, you got to stop this because it's going to destroy your life. And from that moment forward, she was never the same. She knew that everything that takes place in our lives, God sees and cares about. Every single bit. Tonight, young person, I've come to say that the behavior patterns that you start now will be the patterns that you will live out in your future if the grace of God does not intervene. Some of us in this room, unfortunately, have played this scene out over and over again, week after week after week, and it's only by the grace of God that we will break the addictions and the bondages that we set in motion by the mistakes we make in our youth. See, did you know that according to the U.S. Department of Health, 25% of high school students have drank alcohol for the first time before the age of 13? A quarter of this room. They say statistics show that 35% of high school students in this room have drank within the past 30 days. It says almost 20% of those students are binge type situations where at least five alcoholic drinks were consumed within an hour. 25% of the students who choose to drink end up driving with someone who has been drinking as well. And this one's, this one's crazy. 40% in the room tonight have used marijuana at some level. Before you hear anything else tonight, I want you to hear me say in love that good people make poor decisions all the time. Can I tell you that again? Good people make poor decisions all the time. Many of those poor decisions are made out of boredom. Come on, y'all. Some of the dumbest things I've said is because I've been bored, right? You're hanging out, you're, you got nothing good to do, so you do something dumb. And you're the, one of the coolest, most incredible young people on the face of this planet, and you find yourself simply because you're bored, in the wrong place at the wrong time, willing to say yes because you've got nothing better to do. I'm in this room tonight to tell you, you're a good person no matter what you've done. I don't ever, here's why I say what I say, I don't ever want to have to attend another memorial service here in Columbus, Georgia for a young person who passes away because of an alcohol-related event. I don't ever want to attend your funeral because you overdosed. I don't ever want to have to meet with you at the hospital because you were in the accident and the person that was sitting next to you in the passenger side is dead and now you're being convicted of that crime. I don't ever want to have to experience that. So in love, I want to come to you guys and say that we have got to wake up on the inside. We can't be lazy about our faith because when we're lazy about our faith, we tend to fill our lives with things that are not Jesus. If you're in this room and you're part of the statistics I just spoke about, can I please encourage you? You really are a good person. My wife was on drugs at 10 years old. She was on the West Coast smoking weed at 10. By age 14, she was dropping acid all the time. And if, if you know anything about drugs, that is one of the hardest things to recover from because it wraps your brain 
and distorts everything about the way you think. But I've come to tell you that you're better than that real life. I say, somebody said yes, you are better than this. You're better than this scene, real life. Jesus Christ thought you were good enough to die for so that your mistakes could be forgiven. Good people make poor decisions all the time. I'm not here to condemn anyone. I'm here to help you see why we chase the things that we chase and hopefully direct you in a better direction because God wants so much more for your life than going binge after binge after binge. See, the real American horror story is a generation of young people relying on a substance or a stimulus rather than relying on their Savior. That's the real American horror story. The question is why? Why do we do this? Why do we set ourselves up to fail? Why do we involve ourselves in things that we know are going to harm us? I want to read from the story in Exodus chapter 32. The, the people of God had been in Egyptian, Egyptian slavery for over 400 years. And God miraculously set them free. And he used Moses to be the mouthpiece of the people to lead over 2 million out of slavery into a promised land. And they find themselves, God leads them to a mountain and, and God, basically, here's what happened is Moses would climb up the mountain, hear from God. God would say, go down and tell the people. Moses would go down, tell the people. And that happened multiple times. And then one time, Moses went up the mountain of God to hear the voice of God. And he didn't come back. And that's where we find ourselves in this story. The Bible describes it in Exodus chapter 32. It says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought, brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Tonight, young person, I've come to tell you that if you are only relying on someone else to hear from the Lord for your life, you will eventually replace the voice of God and the presence of God with false idols. If my voice is the only voice of reason that you rely on, my voice is not enough. God shed his blood so it didn't have to come through one person. He wants a personal relationship with you. And, and if my voice is the only Jesus that you're hearing throughout the week, you have got to get more or you will find yourself becoming lazy in your convictions. And when you've become slothful in your convictions, you will fill yourself up with false gods. Real life Columbus, God is calling us to stop worshiping the wrong gods. I want us to see tonight that the living that giving into the temptation of the moment will cost you what's most valuable in your life. The story continues, and Aaron answered them. He said, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, your daughters are wearing. Bring them to me so that all the, all the people took their earrings off, their gold, and they brought them to Aaron. Gold was valuable. He took what they had and hand, they had what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. And then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival, a party. Let's throw, it's going to be lit, y'all. Let's throw a party, Old Testament style, right? 
So the next day, the people rose early and they sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. That is a rated G description because the Bible is very, especially in the Old Testament, it's very careful how it describes things. Basically, what we're seeing in this passage is the people of God go all out and start partying. They're eating, they're drinking, they're filling themselves, they're worshiping false gods. And I think it's interesting to see that when we begin to slip into that lackadaisical spirituality where we, we just go with the flow, we start filling ourselves. It costs the people we love the most. He said, get your, get your daughters, your wives, your sons to bring all their valuable possessions, the gold. It was the life source. It was the main source of value in the homes. And he said, guess what? Get all of that. Bring it to me. I'm telling you tonight, if we get involved in the party scene, if we begin to sell out to drugs and alcohol, if we begin to fill our lives with things other than the presence of God, I promise you, young person, it will not just hurt you, but it will hurt the people you love the most that surround your life. And that's why we want to prevent, that's why we want to protect, that's why we want to preach to you. Don't do it, it's not worth it. Tonight I've come to say that Aaron shows us that you can be a strong leader, but that does not make you immune or invincible to major mistakes. Aaron was the second in command. Moses was God's mouthpiece, and Aaron was right there with him. When Moses went to what's called the tent of meeting, where the presence of God would dwell, it says in God's word that Aaron would position himself right outside the tent of meeting to try to strategically hear the voice of God. That's how he was passionate for a while. He wanted more of God. I'm telling you tonight, even strong leaders in this room, are capable. You're not invincible like you think you are. I'll never forget, Jubilee and I were on a trip. We were in Europe. We were on a study abroad our senior year of college. I was actually of age, legally, to drink. And I, it was a, a fun night. We went to a play. I think it was The Lion King in Ireland. It was crazy. No, it was London. We were in London, and we saw The Lion King live. It was incredible. It was one of the most incredible trips of our lives. We were traveling from country to country. I think we went to like 16 different countries in the course of three and a half months. And I felt invincible, man. I am married. I'm about to graduate college. Everything is awesome. I'm in London. And the group invited me to go out after the play. Jubilee said, no, I'm not doing that. She said, baby, I trust you. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Can I just tell you tonight that this leader should have stayed at home? I'm going to be vulnerable right now because I went and eight pints later of alcohol. You know what this strong leader was doing? I was on the way home on a public transportation bus puking my guts out embarrassed because I couldn't hold the alcohol that I consumed. And I was embarrassed, and I came home, and you better believe that I came home embarrassed, regretting what I had done, fearful that my wife was going to kill me. And I, I told her everything. I explained, baby, I didn't do anything stupid other than I binged. I was 
a glutton. I took a substance that was a counterfeit of the Holy Spirit of God and put it into my body, which is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and utilized it to try to make my feelings better. And I promised my wife that night, and I have been true to that promise, that I will never, ever again do that again because it's not worth it. Tonight, I've come to tell you that in the same way that envy turns into wrath or anger, when we allow sloth or laziness into our lives, we turn gluttony to satisfy our boredom. See, lukewarm Christianity will eventually turn into a passionate rejection of the true God. This is why we constantly tell you here at Real Life that nothing can replace hearing the voice of God for yourself and having a personal relationship with Him. The most important job you will ever be given in this life is to learn how to hear the voice of God in every season of your life. There's nothing more fulfilling than opening God's Word and getting fresh revelation that jumps off the pages when you read it in your daily devotion time. Worshiping God in your car throughout the day. You're driving and you are just singing your heart out. And you pull up to that stop sign and you are at that, that lit part of the song. And you are just praising the, the Lord of heaven. And the person next to you is like looking at you. What? I don't care. I'm going to praise my God in front of you as loud as I can. When you're around me in worship, you better watch out. Because even if it sounds bad, you're going to hear me. Because I'm, pra I'm praising my God as loud as I can. There's nothing better. Your prayer life matters. I feel a major difference in my life when I've prayed and when I haven't. I'm weaker. I'm susceptible to fail. I'm tempted more when I don't pray. Because if I'm not connecting and being in the presence of God, then I'm more willing and ready to take the counterfeit. I think we could say easily tonight that a few people in this room are very much like this story. The people in this story, I think they were genu genuinely afraid because they had just finished, they were days away from being set free from Egypt and days away from being traced by an army of Egyptian soldiers that wanted to kill them and slit their throats. So they were, with, they were nervous, they were scared for their lives. In just a matter of days, and th this tells me that traumatic experiences leave you and I vulnerable to seek out unhealthy coping mechanisms in life. When we have unhealthy situations happen in our lives, traumatic experiences, you're failing a class and your teacher is on your back. You've missed a couple assignments and, and they want you to turn it in and give, give even more, but you don't have the time to do it. Nothing's working. You get fired at your part-time job. On top of it all, your best friend is talking about you behind your back. All of these things are taking place all at the same time, and the pressure keeps building and mounting. So it might as well, let's go. Let's, go. let's have a good time tonight because it doesn't matter. Everything else is falling apart, so I might as well fall apart myself. Our home life is awful. Mom and dad won't stop yelling at each other. I can't, I'm never right. They never hear me. They never care. 
They always hate. They always reject. They always push my buttons. They always, my dad is constantly trying to get me to bow up. Every single day of my life, I have to live. What should be a sanctuary is a hell for me. We live in that torture day in and day out, so we might as well find some relief. Man, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be right there. I'm going to tell them something else, but I'm going to be right there because I need to get out. I need to escape. Or maybe it's, maybe it's, man, I got to escape this. So I'm, my, my boyfriend just broke up with me, ladies, and so he cheated on me, right? And so I'm going to throw myself at the first guy that will show me any attention, and I'll show him because I'll go further with this boy that I don't even know just to feel some sense of intimacy, just to feel some sense of somebody likes me, just to feel deep within my spirit that, man, somebody actually loves me. When all that is, it's a counterfeit. It's something that will get you in big trouble. If you're experiencing traumatic things in your life right now, you need to realize that the enemy of your soul is setting you up to take you out. That's what it is. He wants to finish the job. You feel like you're done? You feel like there's nothing else you can give? Well, guess what? He is setting you up to completely, not just destroy you, but to kill you. See, when we indulge in pleasures other than God, we choose a temporary fix to a problem that only has one permanent solution. That's Jesus Christ, the lover of our soul. There's only one solution to the pain. There's only one solution to the struggle of this life. There's only one solution to give you the strength that will allow you to overcome any obstacle that you may face. And that's Jesus Christ and him being the Lord and Savior of your life. Anything else will only leave you empty and regretting. I'm going to invite the rest of the band to come as I close. Tonight, I'm genuinely sorry for what you've had to face in your life thus far. Many of you have experienced things you don't deserve, and I'm sorry for that. God never intended you to go through the things, the pain. The, the pain is real, guys. The reason we choose to risk it is because the pain is so real. And I get it. And I'm sorry for that. But I want you to hear this very clearly. That what you have been through will never entitle you to gorge yourself in sin. What you have faced so far, guess what? Somebody else has went through worse. And it never gives you the right. It never entitles you to say, you know what, God? Let me make this idol for myself. Let me set it up because you're not my God anymore. I'm going to follow this. Another type of person that I see in this story, a person who is set up to fail because of success. Many of us in this room have, uh, some of y'all have, have been the main key player in winning athletic events for your school, winning titles. Some of y'all have broken records in this room for your school. Success is awesome when it happens. But I want you to think about it. The people of Israel had just defeated the world's largest superpower and defied the most influential leader of the world in their time. 
I've come tonight to tell you that if we become lazy in our focus on God, major victories can become the source and the starting point of our defeat. I don't think y'all heard that quite clearly. Sometimes major victories can become the source and starting point of our defeat. Coming off a spiritual high, you go to fall retreat, which all of us should be at fall retreat. I want tonight that there be 20 people register for fall retreat because we need to have more than 150 of you guys at fall retreat because the power and presence of God falls in a significant way when we sanctify that time, when we set ourselves apart and we say, God, I'm going after you for this weekend. When we do that, something special happens. And what happens is we get those mountaintop spiritual high experiences. And you better believe the next week we're going to face hell. And we're going to make a mistake. And in that moment, we think to ourselves, man, everything that just happened is fake. I'm here to tell you that nothing that God does is fake in your life. The Lord was angry at his people for being so quick to forget who set them free. He was upset because they turned their back on him for a party, for a temporary act of gratification. The story says that he was so upset with his people that he was going to spare Moses and wipe them all out and start over. Tonight, the most important thing I can share with you guys is Moses... In this story, he pleaded with God. He said, God, no, you can't take them out. You can't strike them down. You set them free from bondage. Your name was written on their freedom. Everyone, all the nations looked and saw in amazement what you did to set your people free. So don't strike them down in your anger. Spare them. Can I tell you tonight that Moses in that moment was acting as a type of Jesus? A, a precursor to the Son of the living God that would come. And he would spread his hands on Calvary's cross and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's exactly what Moses was saying in that moment. God, don't strike them because they failed. Don't strike them in that moment. And tonight you may have fallen short of the glory of God. You may have allowed weakness in your life to get you to a point where you surrendered to something you knew you shouldn't have. But I'm here to tell you tonight that you have an advocate. His name is Jesus. And he is sitting at the right hand of God, petitioning and praying for you, saying, God, let them get free of that addiction. Let them get free of that lifestyle. Everyone stand to your feet quickly. With every head bowed, every eye closed, with the leaders coming quickly. No talking, no distraction. I've come tonight to tell you You don't have to live for anything else but Jesus. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to live for anything else but Jesus. You don't have to have your eyes so fixed on the things of this world that you can't see anything but the next high. You can't see anything but the next party. You can't see anything but the thing that fills your life other than the presence of God. Tonight is the night that you can be set free of that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're in this room and you know, you know that you know that you have been set up. The enemy has gotten the best of you. The enemy has tricked you. He's deceived you to do things that you're better than. 
you're in this room and you know you're a good person, you know you have a good heart, you know that your heart is to be sold out and on fire for Jesus, but you know that you've allowed the circumstances of life to become an excuse for your misbehavior. Tonight is your night to set the captives free, Jesus. Tonight is your night to break the chains of addiction. Tonight is your night, Jesus, to give the free gift of salvation. Tonight is your night to give the free gift of grace. God, we fall, fallen short of your glory. But God, if it weren't for the blood of Jesus, God, I thank you for the blood. So right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you need the blood of Jesus to be applied because you have rejected God just like these people. You've made false gods in your life. You've started worshiping things that never set you free. They only bind you. And you're in this room and you'd say, Pastor Jonathan, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to be bound to false gods. I want to live in freedom. I want Jesus to forgive me. I want him to set me free. I don't want to go week after week, party after party, living in bondage to this sin anymore. I need you to pray for me, Pastor Jonathan. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want you to raise your hand and hold it now, high now. I want to pray with you. You need the freedom of God in your life right now. Thank you, God. Come on, don't miss this opportunity. You can be set free. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Anyone else? You don't want to live this lifestyle anymore. It's not fulfilling. All it brings is emptiness and regret. I'm tired of living in emptiness and regret. That, if that's you, raise your hand right now. Thank you, God. Everyone in this room, I want you to say this loudly. Dear Jesus, I love you tonight. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for caring enough to warn me that the path I was taking was going to destroy my life. From this moment on, Jesus, I'm going to take my relationship with you seriously. I'm going to stop being lazy. I'm going to speak to you every day. I'm going to open your word every day. I'm going to worship you every day. I'm going to seek you with my whole heart God, right now, I am a sinner in need of your grace. So the mistakes I've made, I ask you to wash them right now. Cleanse me in your blood. Forgive every failure in Jesus' name. You are my rock. You are my Lord. You're my Savior. And I put my faith and my trust in you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, y'all. We're going to start to worship. If you need prayer for anything, we're going to open up these altars. You're going through life. You don't have to go through the struggle alone. We're here for you. We love you. We're going to worship. I'll dismiss in just a moment. But let's go after God. Let's worship him. If you need prayer, if you need a miracle in your life, get to these altars right now. We'd love to pray with you.